Welcome to the BGR Review, where we look at current events, relationship issues, and cultural trends from a biblical perspective. And I'm your host, Larry Solomon. So today, we're going to talk about silly, simple, foolish women. And I don't know, we, we just may make this like a, you know, ongoing little segment, you know, here's another silly, simple, foolish women segment, okay? And now, I know that some women hearing that right now, if your blood is boiling because I said silly, simple, foolish women, okay, you would be like a lot of women today because we're taught in this culture that you that you never can say anything wrong about women. You could say stuff about men all day long. You could call men idiots, stupid, morons, cavemen, misogynists. You could call men anything you want. You can degrade men. Fathers are degraded on television. Uh, uh, husbands are degraded on television that's all fine and good but you cannot say anything wrong against women whether it's a, a wife a daughter a friend you, you you cannot say anything about women women are angels all women are angels okay <laughs> well, biblically speaking that is not true while it is absolutely true that there are silly simple foolish men okay there are men that are that that are silly simple and foolish okay but um we must acknowledge that this is men don't have a monopoly on being silly simple and foolish women can be just as silly and simple as foolish as men in some cases uh one could argue more often it just depends on the situation now again i i know wise women in my life uh i consider my mom a wise woman in many ways um I know wise women bloggers. I, I've I've known wise Christian women in my life. Um, so we're not, you know, broad brushing and saying that every woman out there is a silly, simple, foolish woman. But we're 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 living in a time where there's a lot more silly, simple, foolish women than there are wise women. That's just that's just the truth of the matter. Now now some people will uh, say, oh well, Jesus said. You can't say that anyone's a fool or you'll be in danger of hell. Larry, you can't call people fools, whether it's men or women, but especially women. You can't call them fools. Okay. Well, where they get this from is Matthew 5:22 In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 22, Jesus said this, But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say thou fool shalt be in danger of hellfire. And you say, okay, Mr. Larry, there it is right there. <laughs> that It says there, see, you're in danger of hellfire because you just called women foolish. You, you can't do that. Um, well, that's not what Christ was saying. Okay. He's talking about uh, unjustly calling someone a fool like people called christ and his disciples foolish especially his disciples oh you believe this man was the christ that you believe all of these they they thought of them as fools okay but they were fools for christ okay and but but calling them fools okay was unjust it was wrong it was unrighteous okay it's it would be like um killing killing uh killing can be right or wrong it can be just or evil depending on the circumstance, okay? If someone breaks into my home to try and hurt my family and I go get my gun out of my safe and I blow the guy away in my living room, that is a righteous, justified act in God's eyes. That is righteous and justified. And if I had done any less than that, I would have been wrong. Now, if I do the same thing and I go get my gun out of my safe and I go across the street because I'm mad at my neighbor because he tipped my trash can over and I shoot him dead, that's evil. 
that's wrong. That's a wrong killing. So killing can be just and righteous, or it can be wrong. Okay. And the same thing with calling someone a fool. I could be unjust and, and wicked for calling someone a fool unrighteously. Okay. But if, if I'm calling someone a fool by God's standard of what is foolish, that is righteous and that is just. Whether And <clears throat> I'm going to show you a few few passages here to demonstrate this, okay? Proverbs 9, 13 says this. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing. There's, there's the simple part of my silly, simple, foolish women theme, okay? She's simple. She knows nothing. So she talks, 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 but she really knows nothing, okay? How many women do we know like that? Again, I know some wise women in my life, but I'm telling you, there's got so many women running around saying things they know nothing of, giving us, telling us how to run marriage and how to run society, and they know nothing. They know nothing. Okay? 2 Timothy 3.7 says this, For of this sort, and this is talking about false teachers, uh, is what it says, of this sort, uh, false teachers that creep into houses, okay? And they lead, these false teachers lead captive Silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts. So, so these these women are sitting there wanting to sin, and they get these false teachers that come in and comfort them and tell them, "Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, you can go against God that way. You can live for yourself. You can, you know, tell your husband to go take a hike. You can tell your dad to go take a hike. You can tell all the men in your life and go do whatever you want." Okay, so these are silly. Women laden with sins, led away with these sinful desires, these sinful lusts, okay? <clears throat> and then you have um, Job 2, 9 through 10. So here all of these bad things have happened to Job because God is allowing him to be tested, okay? And his wife says this, Then said his wife, in verse 9, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. And But here's his response. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. So do you see what it says there? He called his wife a fool because she was acting like a fool by God's standards. He was righteous in calling his wife a fool. And it says, in all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Okay? So it is not a sin to call women in general, a woman in particular, or even your wife a fool, that you are acting foolish, that you are being a fool by doing such and such. That is right there in the scriptures. Okay? And then... um. But then we see the opposite. Okay, so now we see the 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 um, comparing, contrasting. I, I said that I, I've known wise women in my life, and I do know wise Christian women in my life. Proverbs fourteen one says this: Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. So there again, it's talking about a foolish woman. Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish, the foolish woman what it's talking about, plucketh it down with her hands. And how many foolish women have destroyed their marriages because of their foolishness? The wise woman, the woman who follows God's design for her life and for marriage, 
builds her house, builds her marriage. It, 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 she's she's a positive impact on it. The foolish woman destroys it. She pulls it down with her hands. That's what the scriptures are saying. So the challenge to you ladies, before I get into there, there's an article here that, that I want to demonstrate that demonstrates the, the very epitome of a sim, silly, simple, foolish woman. OK, but the challenge here that I'll give you before and after that is Will you be the wise woman that builds your house, that builds your marriage, or will you be the foolish woman that plucks it down with your hands? Which one will you be? You have that choice. So I had this article sent to me by uh, a reader a little while back. And I mean, this article is just, it just demonstrates, I read it and I was like, what a foolish woman when I read this. Okay. So it's on MSN lifestyle. Okay. So MSN has this lifestyle section that they do. And it, this article is written by a, a lady named Sh, uh, Shia Epling. And I don't know if this is her story or um, if it's the writer using someone else's story. I think it's her story. But um, it says here, the title of the article is, I didn't have sex with my husband for five months and he had an affair. <laughs> now, some of us reading that would go, okay, that's like saying one plus one equals two. I didn't have sex with my husband for five months. He had an affair. That logically makes sense to us. Now, now, oh, let me back up here, okay? I am not saying from a biblical perspective, from a Christian perspective, that he was justified, that this man was justified. Now, now, an unsaved person, a person who doesn't have Christ, would say, oh, he was justified, man. She was denying him. He went out and had an affair. Okay, no, as Christians, we know that, that, that just because one person sins does not justify the other person sinning. Just because his wife denied him sex, and she sinned against him in doing that, just because she sinned against him does not give him a right to sin against God, okay, does not give him a right to go out and, and, and have an affair or go see a prostitute or get a girlfriend. It doesn't give him that right. But but sometimes one sin leads to another. It's not justification for it, but it leads to it. Sin can have a domino effect. One falls, the next one falls, okay? And, and, and that's why the scriptures tell us in 1 Corinthians 7 that to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and everyone her own husband and, and to render unto each other your bodies that do kindness that is due. Okay, so this woman sinned against her husband by not rendering her body to him. Okay, and then he sinned and went out and had an affair. Okay, and but but it's a natural course of events. So I look at this and I go, you're surprised? That you didn't have sex with your husband for five months and he wouldn't have had an affair? You're you're shocked at that? You're surprised at that? That that, that took you and it really did take her by surprise. You'll see in this article. Um, I mean, I'll read a, a lot of it. I don't know if I'll read all of it, but but you you can go and read it. The link is on my um, on the site underneath um, this uh, audio for this. You can go out and read this. But this woman was actually surprised, and I and I thought reading this, even just the title, I went, I went, what a foolish woman. What a what a silly, simple, foolish woman. OK, so let me uh, uh, get into this. And I'm, I'm uh, so it's I'm going to start reading here. Like I said, it's it's on um, on my site. The link is there. So she says here, <coughs> while uh, walking up the stairs in our home one February evening, almost eight years ago, I thought, well, it's been a while. We should have sex. I crawled into bed, exhausted as always, after putting my kids to bed. At the time, they were three, five, and seven. And it took everything I had to get through the day alone with my husband 
uh, alone while my husband worked long hours. I was thankful his job afforded me to stay at home, and so was he. But it was a big commitment, and by the time he got home most nights, I felt I had nothing left. My husband and I didn't end up connecting that night or the next. Before I knew it, three months had passed with zero sex, then four, then five. I'm not even sure if we kissed in those months or how many times we even embraced. I was tired and had zero sex drive. He was resentful and felt neglected. It was the following fall when he told me about the affair he had that summer. Uh, (laughs) He said, it's over now. The affair is, in other words, the affair is over now. But you hadn't touched me for almost six months. And then she, oh, uh, she says here, when you hear the person you love and trust and have had three kids with is capable of that kind of betrayal, you're numb at first. And she goes through, I, I, I was taken by, I can't believe he did this to me. And it's like, did you not see the wickedness, what you were doing to him every day? You were betraying your husband every day for five months when you didn't give him sex. And then you're shocked at his betrayal. That that, that that takes you by surprise? Again, I'm not justifying his sin. But I'm not going to justify her sin either. I'm not going to say, because she's trying to justify her sin. And she's saying, oh, well, I was tired and I had a lot going on. And I didn't, you know, yeah, yeah. I, there, so there was nothing. She didn't do anything wrong on her part. It was him, this guy. Oh, wow. Because, you know, sex, you don't have to have sex with your husband. That That's kind of like, you know. If you feel like it, like she said right at the beginning, well, it's been a while. We should have sex. In other words, yeah, when I feel like it as the wife, that's when we'll have sex. Are you kidding? That is the epitome of selfishness. That is the definition of selfishness. And unfortunately, a lot of women today have that notion that sex in marriage centers on me as the wife. It's when I feel like it, how I feel like it. If I don't feel like it for a week, a month, or five months, that's okay. And there's no sin in me not wanting to have sex or not allowing you to have sex, even if I'm not in the mood. There's no sin. Because guess what? I am the woman, and the world revolves around me. (laughs) This is the female-centric culture that we have all been raised in and i'm trying to educate people and help them understand we are living in this culture where women have literally taken over intimate relationships and marriage all the ways that men and women interact with one another in any kind of a way they have taken over personal intimate relationships especially marriage and we don't even see it because women are so subtle about it you know men are more direct Women are so subtle and they just creep in and do this. And, and this, but this woman literally doesn't see this, that she's literally made herself the center. And, and, and yeah, yeah. Oh, if I'm tired, I don't feel like it. And even for five months, that's fine. But you know what? Oh, no, 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 no. He, 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 he can't go get anywhere else, even if he feels, you know, betrayed or neglected. And no, 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 no. Cause remember, the world revolves around me as the woman. The world revolves around me. Okay. So, so she says here, <laughs> Some interesting observations, okay? She says, um, I noticed some things about my husband, basically. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. She says here, um, <clears throat> if we were having sex, he didn't give me a hard time about buying myself a new shirt. If we were having sex, he didn't. He did things around the house willingly. If we were having sex, he acted like he liked me more. If we were having sex, he complimented 
complimented me, the way I looked, and how I mothered. But if we weren't having se- if we weren't having sex, that all went away. He said it was because he felt neglected, unhappy, and ignored. It didn't matter that I did his laundry or put it away from him or made him dinner or baked his favorite cookies. It didn't matter that I kept the house clean or took care of the kids or took care of their appointments and schedules so he didn't have to worry about it. It didn't matter. In fact, he once told me that he'd rather have the house a mess and no food and a disorganized life if we were having more sex. Twice a month wasn't good enough for him. Wow, you horrible man. Twice a month wasn't good enough for him. He told me I had tricked him since I was more sexual when we first started dating and falling in love. How many men have said that, figured that out a few months after they're married um, and they're, they're, they're out there having sex before they're married or uh, a lot, unfortunately, and that violates the scriptures. But that's another subject. OK. And how many men, all kinds of sex when you're dating and everything and maybe even right after you're married, all of a sudden it starts going away. OK. And, and we'll talk about why that happens. And that happens in a lot of marriages. In fact, most marriages. OK. And uh, so so she says here, oh, I tricked him. And yep, lots of men have said that to their wives. And then I realized after some time, having sex made him feel like more of a man. My withholding made him feel like less of a man. So he had he had to get it from somewhere else. And then she comes down here. He just wanted to feel like a man, but it wasn't my job to make him feel like a man. If he couldn't see if he couldn't look at me and see a wife who loved him birthed his three children, cared for him, and and felt fulfilled just with that, and thankful, but who just needed to not feel pressured to give him an orgasm every other night, then I couldn't make him see all that he had. A woman's worth goes way beyond how much sex she's having with her husband. Whether he sees that or not, it's up to him. Well, guess what? That's all a bunch of garbage. That does not match with what God says in his word, And this is the very definition of a silly, simple, foolish woman. This is foolishness. Absolute and utter foolishness. And any woman who reads this, I I, I encourage you, as I'm showing you these scriptures, and the scriptures I've already shown you, that this is foolishness. You need to see this. If you felt that way, if you read this and and you're feeling, oh, yeah, yeah. That's not what God says. God doesn't say, oh, because you're tired. Oh, oh, it's up to you. You know, yeah, sex sex is all about when the woman feels like it. It's not about the man. Yeah, yeah, and, and sex isn't about, marriage isn't about sex. And she says, a woman's worth goes way beyond how much. No, you know what that's an excuse for? A woman's worth goes beyond having sex. How many times have we heard that before? Okay. Um, That's like saying, that a um, baseball team's worth is way beyond how they play baseball. Okay? That is utterly ridiculous. Okay? I, it's, it's, I mean, I'm trying to think of some comparisons here. If you think about it like, okay, um, all right, like, look at a car. Okay, car's got a radio in it, and we all like to we all like to you know when we get in the car. I, I you know my son recently bought a car, and and the radio was broke, <laughs> and I would drive it around sometimes while he was at work in his work truck, and it was frustrating because I'm used to turning on the radio. I turn on the talk radio, or I turn on you know some music or something, and everywhere I'm driving, it's quiet, you know, and I don't have a radio. It was, it was weird, right? Okay, but what was more important to me that that car drove and functioned and did what I needed what I really wanted it to do was to drive to get me where, where I wanted to go 
or the fact that I could listen to the radio. Okay. So yes, I, I, the radio was broke and we got it fixed last week. It's something people like in their car. Okay. And, and, and with a woman. Okay. Yes. We, as men, we want more than sex. Absolutely. We want companionship. We want to be able to sit next to somebody and tell them we had a hard day at work. And we want someone to take care of our kids and to take care of the house. Those are all things that we are grateful for. We don't just want sex. Okay. And that's a false argument that people will, will throw at men when women are, when wives are denying their husbands or just, just giving them horrible sex, like grudging sex. And they'll say, oh, you're all about sex. That's the only, no, but it's a very critical, important part of marriage. The Bible calls marriage a one flesh relationship. And at its core, one flesh, yes, it means more than sex, but it doesn't mean less than sex. One flesh is literally a picture of sex. Of a, and, and it even uses it with a prostitute. It says when a man in the New Testament talks about when a man goes to a prostitute, he becomes one flesh with her and he's not supposed to do that. So one flesh absolutely refers to sex. Now, yes, does it refer to the couple coming together spiritually and, and mentally, like like becoming one? Yes, yes. And bonding together? Yes. But the, the sexual aspect cannot be devalued. That is That is not the only reason that a man values a woman or should value a woman. But that is a big reason that a man values a woman. And that's okay. That's meant to be. That's like, just like I said, it'd be like, okay, when, when I go to buy a car, yeah, I want that car to look nice. I don't want to buy a, a piece of garbage and I want it to be dependable. So I want that thing to be pretty, may, be pretty to my eyes. And I want to be able to drive it and it drives real nice and vroom, vroom. And, and I also want the radio and I also want the heat and I also want the air conditioning. Okay. So as a man, I, I, I you know, I want the companionship. I, I want a woman that could take care of my kids and take care of my home uh, and, and be a companion, just a companion to me. But but we also, as men, want a woman to have sex with us and to have good sex with us to the best of her ability and to have regular sex with us. So this is a silly, foolish woman. I didn't have sex with my husband for five months and then he went and had – how could – oh, my, because it's all about me. Why didn't he – why didn't he, you know, uh, you know, talk to me? Why didn't he – you know, and, and yes, I, I'm for communication, and I'm sure that he did. It says here, you know, that she felt pressured, so I'm sure that he probably did talk to her several times. At a certain point, he just threw his hands up in the air, okay? Again, not justifying his sin. Her sin doesn't justify his, but she's not even recognizing her sin. She's There's nowhere in here. She's basically, she's the innocent angel. Remember, women are angels. Women are angels. If they're tired and they don't feel like doing something, that's okay. If they don't feel like cooking, that's okay. If they don't feel like taking care of the kids, fine. Although the kids will get along on their own. If they don't feel like having sex with their husband, fine. Not a problem. Remember, women aren't accountable. <laughs> I was just telling um <clears throat> my son, and I can't remember the name of the movie, and you guys can Google it. It's one of the most famous phrases, movie phrases ever from a movie, a Jack Nicholson movie. And he writes about women. And he says... Um, and I, I will probably use this phrase over and over because it so describes typical women today. It, it, he, he says um, a woman comes up to him at the elevator because he writes about women and she's never really met him. She's like, oh, you're a bull. She's all happy to meet him and everything. And she goes, how do you write women so well? And he says, he looks at her and he says, I take a man and I take away reason and accountability. 
I think I said it right. And uh, I read a, I read a, a, a post of a guy who, who went and saw the movie 15, 20 years ago, whenever this movie came out at the theater. And he was sitting there and he said, when they saw it, when it first came out, all the men in the theater just laughed. Oh, they laughed because they knew it was true. And the women were stone serious looking at the men they were with and all like the men were like, Oh, crap. you know, you know, uh, and, 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 but it's true. It is absolutely true. Now, you don't have to be that woman if you can recognize that, that your nature, that, that in your sin nature, you could become silly, simple, and foolish, okay? Because that's really what a woman that does not have reason and accountability is. That is a silly, simple, foolish woman, okay? So again, you know, I take you back to that, that Proverbs passage, Proverbs 14.1. Every wise woman buildeth her house. Do you want to be that wise woman? But the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. So you have a choice, ladies. And as as men, I mean, I'm, I'm giving this to, to all of you, to men and women. Some people may say, well, this 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 should just be directed to women. And, 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 and it is directed toward women, but also men. Because we as men need to understand that it's not wrong for us to desire sex and and the fact that if you look at what she said here going back to this she said if we weren't having sex you didn't give me a hard time about buying myself a new shirt and if if we were having if we were having sex um he did things around the house willingly if we were having sex he acted like he liked me more if we were having sex he complimented me more the way i looked and how i mothered that's absolutely true because that is the affection that is the conditional affection see a lot of women mistake Oh, he's supposed to unconditionally like act the same toward me. And he's supposed to have affection toward me like I'm having mind-blowing sex with him every night, even if I don't have sex with him for six months. And this is the unaccountability side that a lot of women have. Do you see how foolish that is? That that he's supposed to give me all that affection as if I were just, you know, blowing his mind in the bedroom. But I'm not actually doing any of that. But But he's supposed to give it to me unconditionally. No unconditional love ladies and this is why i often say and i'm going to do some episodes on this men actually understand love better than women do they absolutely do women do not understand love as as well as men do because there's different kinds of love there's the the instinctual love that you have for like your children parent for child child for parent okay that's instinctual you don't have to be taught that it's just that's there, okay? And and then there's the uh, friendship love. That's where uh, th- that's a, and it can be affectionate love, where where you're friends with a girlfriend or, or a guy friend or whatever, and and you have things in common, or there's something about them that draws you two together. But it, but it's conditional. It's based upon certain conditions of you having things in common or things that you find, you know, that you like about one another, okay? And it's and, and it's affectionate, and it can be stronger or weaker depending on what you do toward each other, right? That's the philia love, okay? Um, and, and then there's the agape love. The agape love, okay, is the unconditional love. And this is the love of God. And when it says in Ephesians 5, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, okay? So when it says that husbands love your wives, okay, it's agape. Husbands agape your wives, okay? Um, it's not phileo your wives. It's agape your wives, okay? Never in all of the scriptures does it tell a, tell a husband to fillet his wife. Look it up. It doesn't. It never ever tells that. The, the love of a husband toward his wife that is commanded by God is 
the agape, unconditional. This is the love based on commitment and duty. It doesn't come from emotion. It doesn't come from anything the wife does. And that love is shown, if you look in Ephesians 5, that love is shown through the man's leadership of his wife, his provision and his protection of his wife, his washing of his wife spiritually, uh, the, the correcting, the teaching, those type of things. That is, he, he does this unconditionally toward his wife, no matter how mean and honorary or nasty she is to him or how nice she is to him, it doesn't matter. That's the unconditional love of a husband that God commands toward his wife. But God doesn't, Say, hey, guys, you know, oh, you know, uh, you got to show your wife all this affection and 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 pretend like your wife is, you know, blowing your mind in the bedroom every night, even if she hasn't had sex with you for six months. He doesn't say that. OK, and if you look, there's some some other passages when I talk about love, I'm going to go into this where even God shows that I loved you because you did this. That's his affectionate love. It's a filet uh, love. God does love, love us with a filet love as well. Well, but it is it is conditional. It's based upon what we do back toward him. Okay? And this is something, this is where women don't understand this. They're like, oh, my husband's supposed to be romantic and affectionate, and it shouldn't matter, you know, what I do in the bedroom. No, it absolutely matters, ladies. And and so here's, here's, here's the thing uh, for the silly, simple, foolish women here. If you know, hey, my husband's going to let me buy more stuff. My husband's going to help me run the house more. My husband's going to really show me affection actually, and show he likes me more and compliment me more. If I have sex with him when he needs it and if I really just really knock it out of the park in the bedroom to the best of my ability, even if I don't feel like it, even if I got to fake it to make it sometimes, and that's okay, ladies. I'll talk about that. I'll talk about that too. Okay? If I know that this, that this makes him, man, have a, have a pep in his step, man – that, that this guy walks out like he can conquer the world after I've just, you know, just blown his mind in the bedroom and just, just done so well in the bedroom. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? If you know that if I do these things for God, for, for, I mean, for my husband and, and, and for God, because you're doing your, your obedience to your husband is toward God as well. If I do these things for my husband, then... He's going to do all these things back that God didn't even command him to do. God didn't command him. God says he's got to provide for me. But God didn't command him to let you buy some expensive jewelry or some expensive shirt or or take you on some expensive trip. God didn't command that. He's not he's under no obligation to do that for you. But if you did these things for him that that are commanded, so if you do what God commands you to do, he might do your husband might do some things towards you that are not commanded. That he do, but that he just does it because of the affection that you put in his heart. Ladies, listen to me. Do not be silly, simple, and foolish. Do not be. Listen to the word of God. Proverbs 14.1 Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. Do you want to be the wise woman who builds your house, that builds your marriage, that builds up your husband? Or do you want to be the foolish woman that plucks down your husband, that plucks down your marriage, that plucks down your house? I want you to think about that, ladies. Think about that. And and men, this is applicable for you, okay? Because you need to realize your desire for sex is not wrong. And the fact that you feel less close to your wife and less like 
like that you like her. I mean, you love her and you and you don't want anything to happen to her. That that agape unconditional love, but you might not be feeling real affectionate toward her because she hasn't had sex with you in three weeks. That's normal. That's normal, gentlemen. Okay? That feeling is normal. Now, you don't have the right to go out and have an affair or see a prostitute. You don't have that right. If your wife does this to you, you don't have that right. But the but what you need to do though is you need to take a biblical approach to this. You need to confront your wife. And I will talk about that more in some other episodes. I've written a lot on that, actually, uh, that how men can confront sexual denial from their wives. And there are there is a biblical prescription for this. OK, so you do not have to take this line down. OK, and you can't actually to do this, to allow this to happen, makes a mockery of marriage. And the way God designed it. So you have to take your wife to task on this. And there is a there there are biblical ways to do that and and we'll talk about that. Okay. But but just know that that you're not alone. If you know when your wife doesn't have sex with you, you feel this way. You feel this way, and you know when she's having sex with you or when she did when you first married, man, you wanted to conquer the world for her. You wanted to buy her stuff. You wanted to – you were telling her you love her. You're coming up buying her because she's giving herself to you as she's supposed to. That, that it goes in a circle in marriage that, 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 that she's, she's putting logs in your furnace and then you're in turn putting logs in her furnace, okay? And, and, and you're cultivating that, that, that affection and it goes beyond the agape love and now you get into the phileo love and it's beautiful. But the woman has an integral part to play here, okay? That this, that this goes together, okay? And I just want to give you this passage here to – that, that you will understand that how important sex is for a man, for both the men listening and for the women. Proverbs 5, 15 to 19 says this to men, drink water out of thine own cistern and running water out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of water in the streets. Let them be only thine and, and thine own and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as the loving hind and the pleasant roe, let her breast satisfy thee at all times, and be thou ravished always with her love. So that's Proverbs five fifteen to 19. Okay, so what does this passage tell us? It says that for a man, it compares a woman to a well and him having sex with her to drinking water out of that well. That, that, that for a man, having sex is like water. We hear so often, oh, it's just about a man having an orgasm. Like she said, it's not necessary, you know. That's baloney. That's garbage, okay, from a biblical perspective. The Bible says it is it is critical in marriage, normal, regular, sexual relations, okay, that a man, whenever he is thirsty, how often do you take a drink, ladies? Whenever you're thirsty. You go to the sink, you turn the water on, you get a drink. Imagine if someone was standing at that sink and and they were holding the sink lever down. Nope, nope, you can't have a drink right now. I don't feel like letting you have a drink. Come back later. That's what you're doing to your husband. Every time he comes to have sex with you or, or starts touching you or whatever, and, and you say, no, not now, maybe later, maybe next week, maybe next month. OK, you're like the person standing at the sink and you went to go get a drink and you're thirsty. And this man was thirsty. And what did he do? He went out and he got his water someplace else. Now, that was sinful. That was wrong. There was a right way to deal with the situation. And he didn't do that. OK, but for men, your desire for sex 
is is like a man wanting water out of his well. And you get that from your wife. Your wife is your well. Okay, and that your wife is supposed to be like it says here, a, a loving and pleasant hind and roe. Okay, and, and and her breasts are to be able to satisfy you at all times, and you're to be ravished and that with her love and that that satisfaction has the picture in the in the original Hebrew language of a man just just pouring water over his face. That that is is what you're supposed to be able to do with your wife, and this idea that we get even in churches today that that tells men that oh sex is 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 base it's 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 this yeah it's not important and 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 you shouldn't care about that and and they do this they they will you have christian people in churches teaching this that the man should only be concerned oh that his wife takes care of his house and his kids and all and sex should have no that 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 should not be any part of the value he places upon his wife that is ridiculous and that is unbiblical so yes, we could say if if you only value your wife for sex, yes, that's wrong. That 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 your wife that we want a wife for more than just sex. We want companionship and a good mother for our children and someone takes care of our home and we appreciate all those things. Okay, we want all of those things. But sex is a big part, guys and ladies, and that's okay. That's okay. That is by the design of God. It is by the very design of God. And we will show that more throughout these articles. I've already shown you this here in these scripture passages. So I pray, ladies, that you will take this to heart. That if you have the attitude of this woman, that you will ask God to remove it. That you will let the word of God penetrate your heart and your mind. And that you will change your ways. If you're married, you will change your ways. Uh, Teenage girls um, uh, uh, or, or single young women. Um, you need to to make sure you you don't go into marriage with this attitude, and it happens so often that that women will go, oh yeah, I want to have sex, and, and and you know what, and a lot of times women's sex drive is high before she's married, and and even while they're dating, and then they're having sex when they're not supposed to be before they're married, and then after they get married, it it, it goes down. Okay, because a woman's sex drive is based upon excitement or danger, something new. Okay, all right, she's got to have she's got to have something rile her up. Okay, and I'm not saying that men can't do nice things to to put their wives in the mood, but that 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 should sex should not center around that. I'm sorry, ladies, but it doesn't. Okay, a lot of times, uh, you got to have sex when you're not in the mood. That's what that's what grown up women do. Okay. That's what women have done for thousands of years. And now women think today they don't have to do that anymore. And we see marriages falling apart. Okay? So, yes, sometimes you have to do things, including having sex with your husband, that you don't feel like doing. But it is your duty to do it. Okay? So, you've got to realize that, girls, teenage girls. You've got to get this in your mind. That I am not going to be this woman. I will not be like this. And even when my feelings go away after the newness of of marriage, I've been married for a year and the newness is all worn off. And maybe he's not doing all the things he used to do when we were dating. Okay. Well, it changes. It matures. Okay. It's okay. You still need to have sex with your husband. It is commanded by God. The Bible doesn't command him to buy you flowers every day, to take you to the nicest restaurants every day, to to uh, uh, whisper sweet nothings in you, give you poetry, do all these wonderful things. It doesn't command that. It commands you to have sex with him. And maybe if you regularly have sex with him, 
he might do some of those things. But that's not commanded. You're commanded to have sex. So is he. But you're both commanded to have sex. Okay? So you need to re remember that going into marriage. Okay? And then sex is for marriage for you teens and single women. It's not before marriage. You don't get to act on it before marriage when you want to because you're on an emotional high. You have to wait until you're married. Same for men. You want to before, it's tempting, but you cannot. And that's why I recommend courtship. That's why I recommend people, young people, stay, are never alone together uh, be, before they're married, okay? And, and, and you know, for you young men, you realize that, that God has planted this desire. It's a super strong desire in you for sex, okay? But again, it is for marriage. But when you enter marriage, you as a man, you young teenage man or single man, you need to be prepared for this. When you enter marriage, you need to be prepared for that time that's going to come. You're not going to believe it at first because she might be having this mind-blowing sex, sex with you on the honeymoon or for the first six months of the year. There's going to come a time when your wife's sex drive starts to dip and she doesn't want to have sex as much anymore. And that is a fork in the road in your marriage. And you as a husband have to nip that in the bud. As soon as it happens, you have to be willing to be able to have sex with your wife when she's not in the mood. I know a lot of people, men think, oh, I'm going to. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You absolutely can. And you must. And you'll find a lot of times that a lot of women, if you, you know, kind of be nice about it and gentle about everything, you can get them in the mood, okay, as you're going along. You can get them in the mood. I've heard a lot of women say that, okay? They'll be like, oh, I didn't really feel like it, but once he started kissing all over me, you know, and you start getting into the act, you know, you can you can go slow. You can, you can get her there, okay? But the fact is, is that you as a man can't be like, oh, my wife's not in the mood. I'm not going to have sex. Yeah, and then you could go for five months and not have sex because she's not in the mood for five months. OK, and you could say, oh, well, you could talk to her about it. Yeah, you could talk to her about it to your blue in the face. But the fact is, is that um, a woman's sex drive is very different than a man's. And it's based on newness, excitement, danger. And you can't always do this newness, excitement. You can't recreate it. But some people are trying to recreate it every day. You know, you can't always do that. That's not a mature relationship. So um, I know I went a little over what I was intending to at the half hour range here. Um, but um, I really, you know, felt like I needed to say what I've said here, felt the Lord leading me here. And I, I pray that this will be a blessing to you and, and that both men and women, uh, teens, single men and women and husbands and wives, take this to heart. Meditate upon these passages and let God transform your life. And if you apply these principles, you will make your marriage stronger. It will be stronger. And ladies, like I said, do you want to be, you have to ask yourself this question. Do you want to be a silly, simple, foolish woman like this woman? This is the very definition of a silly, simple, foolish woman. Or do you want to be like Proverbs 4.1, the wise woman? who builds her house, who builds her husband, who builds her marriage, and not the foolish one who pulls down her husband and pulls down her marriage and ultimately pulls down her house. So I'll leave that thought with you. May God bless you and may God be with you.